Andy, did you know they celebrate Halloween in Canada? And they've done it as far back as 1988, which I find astonishing. No, I didn't. Tell me more. (laughs) Well, (laughs) welcome to Bad Watch. like a joke to where we watched the show on but it wasn't prime so never mind no it was netflix and what did we watch slasher we watched slasher season one episode one it's an anthology series so we didn't have to worry about our normal rules yeah where you know we do the dumb thing where we <laughs> watch season two episode yeah. one so we know absolutely we nothing we weren't totally on our bullshit with this one yeah. we because it's an anthology series we were just like well season i i think i said season one sounds the least terrible you you did say that and i would i should i don't remember what season three is about but I will briefly uh, summarize season two, which... <laughs> Did you go ahead and watch that? No, but okay. I read the Wikipedia synopsis. Oh, boy. And it's about these camp counselors who either observe or help cover up a murder. And they return to oh, yeah. that summer camp, and it has become like a utopia hippie commune. Yeah, we were watching... I think we saw the trailer together or something, or, or something like that. And we were like, that needs to be on the list. Instead, we watched season one, (laughs) The Executioner. Which was, yeah, that was pretty bad. It was worse than I anticipated, unfortunately. So so that's the thing. I was worried there was going to be, like, this this show has pretty solid ratings. And it has three Standards are just lower in Canada. Well, it's Canadian-American. Right, it's both. It's clearly Canadian. <laughs> just, you can just tell. I don't know. Some of the characters are not super friendly. That's true. We'll see if, as the show continues, they just apologize for everything. <laughs> no, nope, a... it's too late. Several of them died already, so it's too late to apologize. <sighs> Whatever happened to that band, One Republic? Wasn't that the band? They it's were murdered in, in season to two. Apologize. You know, if they're still around, please don't sue me or us. Um, so <laughs> this show opens Halloween, late 1988. I was gonna say late 80s, but then I remembered the actual year. Okay. They. That's good because I didn't remember. It's a husband and wife getting ready for the festivities. Husband is dressed as cowboy, and wife is dressed as pregnant and feeling not so great. Yes. Also, she is actually pregnant and 
actually not feeling sick. Oh yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, it was a, her character is supposed to be pregnant. Yeah, right. I, uh, yeah. I didn't want anyone to get confused by Canadian Halloween customs. <laughs> yeah, where people really, just, really went all out. She just decided to get pregnant for the look, and then yeah. So she she pulls aside Husby and says, "I'm really not feeling well. You know, I'll just." Pop some popcorn. You should go and have fun with at this planned party they have. Uh, going. Yeah, he and his friend. What's his friend? Dumb Alan. So, something. Ken. Ken. He later. He later turns out to be a man of the cloth, which I enjoyed very much. Did I miss that? He's. Oh, I yeah, I did miss that. Yeah. He gives yep, the yep, 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 really yep. dour funeral service yeah well I, where it's no, basically it's the sinners in, that's i didn't i didn't yeah. i wondered whether they focused on that i was like i don't know why you want to know how i got these scars <laughs> so anyway they're waiting for alan and who shows up but a dude in a scary black leather mask he is silent but polite Silent but polite. He's invited in, refuses to say anything. Which is and weird, because what's his, the the husband character is like, he assumes this is the guy, his friend. He's like, I thought you were wearing a different costume. All right, come on in. And it's just like, nope. That's, and then that's not people. That's not what people do. <laughs> he's talking to this silent figure as if... He is Alan, even though Alan is surprisingly mute, which the first thing you realize about Alan is he is not mute, because who rings the doorbell but Alan Prime, real Alan? <laughs> this, yeah. is the, this, is, this is the darkest timeline, is what we're following here. This is angry, dark, twisty Alan, we think. Angsty <laughs> Alan, come home to roost. Uh... Alan, it's, yeah. So Alan survives. Well, so okay, so he's doing, so, so, main I'm, character. Well, well I was, the, I, I was saying that Alan, the executioner, and Alan Prime, both survive. Yeah. Which, it feels like one of them needs to kill the other. Well, the fact that they saw each other, the whole world, the the timeline shifted. Then, uh, there can only you know be what? one. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm still thinking about dark, so <laughs> please forgive me. But yeah, so the executioner... I still, which I still haven't watched, so I just want you to know that. Yep. The worst. That look of disappointment is what I live for. I, <laughs> I hate everything you stand for, even when you're sitting down. The executioner man... Uh, well, he... so, so he, goes, he goes, opens the door, and he's like... This, is, this, is like, this guy is the slowest person... Um, like, like nothing is clicking. There's Cowboy nothing. Dad. Cowboy Dad is like the, the yeah. lights on, but nobody's home upstairs. Cause he's like, he's like, and he looks back. He looks at he looks at his friend. And he, looks he looks back. At Alan Prime. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then they he, he lets him in, and he's like, and Alan's like, oh, talking, you know, talking like a human does. Um, and he's just like, da 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 da. And he's like, who's that guy? And he's like, and then and then you see. The dad character take a step so he's entirely blocking vision of the bad guy, which I'm like, who, who would do that? But uh, so you then, know he, what then you he goes, do he goes see. I thought, I thought he was you, and then and then a giant knife 
comes through his chest. I was like, I was like, that's a lot of ribs that just because because the executioner guy it's just directly walks up through his sternum. Like I was, yeah, I was like, that's a str-. like this guy is actually a god. He just like sh-. he didn't like take a running thing to stab this. He just walked up calmly. He was like, I'm going to insert this right here into the sternum. Just hope this is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was so straight. I was just like, oh, oh, he's so strong. <laughs> I- I also want to talk about the knife because it seems to come out of nowhere. Like, when he walked in the house, I did not get the sense he was armed in any oh, way. That was part of their, um, uh, part of part of the dad character's medieval uh, weapon collection. He just leaves hanging around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm helping the show. I'm helping okay. the show. I thought you were actually explaining something no, that I No, 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 this is okay. a totally lie. Uh, he had this in his pants. It's it, about it's about a two-foot like, long blade. It's crazy. Or like up his butt or mm, that's something. That's the worst place to carry that. <laughs> it was fair. It's about two, two fair. feet long, and it's like four inches it, wide. It is no joke. It's some kind of matte black machete that... I want to say part of it is serrated. Yes, it was weirdly. It was, and it was like he just shoved it, and it's not like a. It didn't have a fine point, no. you know. Which I was like, so this is a slashy you weapon, know, and he just like shoved it. And I was like, you are so strong. And you know, I don't know a lot about blades and or metal weaponry, but that's not typically how machetes operate. Yeah. It anyway. was it was ridic- it was ridiculous death like he, yes and and he did the thing that was crazy was he shoved it through, took it out, shoved it through, took it out, shoved it through like he was sawing through his whole body. I was like this guy's this guy's so strong he must be huge and he was actually uh, you you couldn't really see him because he was such a tiny man. So I was like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Andy is getting derailed by the physical feats of strength that matters. <laughs> Not in the grand scheme of even this show, the the poor attention to phys. I'm gonna side with the physicists on this one. Okay, it matters almost nothing. Okay, that's but true. he kills Cowboy Dad. He gives Alan a scar below his left eye. Yep. He lets uh, him run away. The pregnant wife runs in. Because there was, like, yelling, and she did not react for, like, a full two I minute think, and a half. I think she was just in a different part of the house, and it took her some time to mobilize her very pregnant body into the front hall, where she immediately slips on copious amounts of blood. Yep. And Buckets. the executioner closes the door behind she, Alan. She starts trying to crawl away, and she closes yeah. the door behind and you see the outside of the house as they're screaming from inside. You go back inside when the police arrive, and the executioner not only killed both parents, but performed a DIY cesarean. Yep. And it's, it's the, and the baby's like lives. nine months, so it's a month early. I was like, this, is, this guy's talented. Yes. Um, baby then, lives. Yeah, because then they show the cops like coming and like standing within a foot of him with guns pointed at him. And and my favorite part of this was you zoom in and you see his like very calm face and he's he took the time to apply eye makeup before he went on his murder spree. I was like, Oh you gotta look good. You got the Sunday best before you go murdering everybody. 
I did really appreciate that little detail because the way uh, his mask is, it's what Bruce Wayne would have to do if he were trying to hide the fact that he's a white man, Mm. which I don't know. I think the whole point of Batman is that it would only be done by a very arrogant white man. But that's maybe. I love Batman, by the way. And a segue. That's a hot take. (laughs) Cut to 2017. Halloween baby, a.k.a. Sarah, a.k.a. Was that her name? I lost her name like multiple times. I was like, uh, lady, girl, person. (laughs) A.k.a. final girl in horror movie speak. And her husband, Dylan, a.k.a. Either the new executioner or a poorly written red herring for the executioner. Oh, he, I no. Now he was. Yeah, he's not at all the executioner. If he is, he's we'll, an entirely different body type. Like, like he. We'll hmm. t- we'll talk about. I disagree. Physics, <laughs> science, <laughs> disagree. <laughs> anyway, so they're talking in the car. And they're, they're in driving the car because they well, have purchased. No. Well, no, no. The house was free. They make a point to say the house was free. For some reason, the young parents at the beginning successfully paid for it and in their will uh, gave it to their child when she was 29 or 30. And now she's married to Dylan the show's one black character who I think is the new executioner and he's was a freelance writer and now is the editor-in-chief of this very small town newspaper. Yeah, which, that's the job he picked up. That's, I fucking hate that so much. Why? It's dumb. Whatever. Who's, who's the woman at that paper office who keeps bossing him around the if owner. he's the editor-in-chief she's a very involved owner I... <laughs> <sighs> well anyway he and that woman seem like a better match than right he and i Final definitely Girl. was like oh yes. I, I was i, I honestly went like oh he's gonna like fall for her they're gonna have an affair mm-hmm. almost certainly but in the car they're driving to this free murder house and there's <laughs> so ridiculous this whole They're... thing though i have to say though this show does a good really really good job of having someone be the voice of the rational person because i've had i was like what the f- this is nuts and then like uh, like like 30 seconds later a character's like that's crazy <laughs> like i was yes. like oh at least someone has put it's some like in. you could make the argument oh it's the house where she was born coincidentally that day was also the day her parents were brutally murdered by a stranger who's in jail now tommy winston we'll meet him later well i i do really want to so hold on so the, i have they're, they're talking as as they're driving to the free murder house but but i'm gonna interrupt sure they're driving and there's no music in Canada, as everyone knows. And they're listening to an evangelical preacher man yeah, giving that's... a very on-the-nose, heavy-handed sermon <laughs> about hell. And it's very real 
reality. Yeah. And, and they're he, like, can the, we listen to something else? It was like, yeah, I don't know how you got here in the first place. <laughs> then Dylan shuts off the radio and they and he's like, the wife, final girl, is like, what if he's right? Oh, God. That made me so... I was just like, really? And, then, and I'm like, you're the one moving back into murder house, you <laughs> dipshit. Anyway, so go, he's like, say your thing. So he's like, he's like, you know, we, we could just sell the house. And, and she's like, it's fine. It's just a house. And then as they get in, she like walks in and just like stares at the floor where her parents were murdered. I was like, so it's not just a house? Like, what's... You're like, you're just talking up game for your, for your hubby? You're like, I don't... I was like, what is, you, you obviously have hangups. Why are you doing this? You're insane. I don't, <laughs> I, there are so many things that don't add up. They get I, to, I assume if you watch the entire season, they explain like two of them, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Two seems optimistic. They kiss on the sidewalk out front across the street. And this Lady is where we meet my favorite character. Lady Crankshaft, their mm, neighbor. McBride. <laughs> She's the best. I, I have all these notes I took. I took like three pages of notes on this because I was just like typing and I was watching uh, and I was like, McBride's the best. She kicks, she's, she kicks crazy ass all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Lady Crankshaft, Verna McBride is amazing. <laughs> And that must have been a blast to play. Yeah. So they kiss and she's like, you have a whole house. Pick a room, you animals. Just uh, ridiculous. And meanwhile, until they get to the house, final girl was completely cavalier yeah. about, oh, I never knew my parents. They didn't mean anything They're to just me. just names. I'm assuming she was adopted by some nice folks she wasn't like raised by wolves but those adoptive family members they were never nice wolves <laughs> fair it's, you know it's canada they do things differently up there also i really want to touch on they move into this house they have a car the car is not stuffed with boxes mm-hmm. there's no moving truck wi- truck yep. waiting for them there yep. They walk inside, and later you realize that the basement yeah. is full of boxes that of her so parents' angry. shit. That made me so angry. They walked out. I was like, "Who? Who? This just like thirty-year-old just crap." This who didn't throw house any of this has been empty yeah. for thirty years, watched over only by Lady Crankshaft Verna McBride, <laughs> who's very bitter to this day. It was. It's crazy. She's the best. I love She's her. a vampire, so she has to be invited in in order. No, she she well, breaks that rule later. I was making a joke, but you're right. She does <laughs> violate that rule she very is, quickly no, later. She is a daywalker. <laughs> not <laughs> not yeah. set to those weaknesses. Uh, she's a vampire without all those annoying rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- yeah, they... The husband is, I guess, checking out the new paper where he works. Yeah, he goes to do do that, and then they, um, and then she. So he goes to do that, and she goes to to like the shop she rented. Or she, something I think, is a gallery owner. Something. You're, sure. I mean, you're given the impression she's one of those millennials who has a job. In quotes. Yeah, I was like, I was like, for all the listeners, those were air quotes. I just uh, gestured. 
I mean, they've already pointed out that they got the house for free. So it's not like she has a mortgage to yeah. worry about. But so she's she's getting this real estate and the agent is there and the agent's boyfriend, uh, Robin. They point out that, haha, it's, people don't know uh, the gender of Robin when they meet him. Oh, and they're the very stereotypical gay men who yeah, are yeah. renting um, her the gallery very, space. Very, very, very fancy, ge- good looking men- gentlemen. And then my favorite, there is this, the character... Um, the boyfriend goes, that's crazy that you moved into that house. Yes. And I was like, there you are. There, I needed that. Thank He's you. a very effective audience surrogate in that moment. Going, why? Was... Why? <laughs> and final girl, Dylan, husband, are back at home. And they're just hanging out, cozied up with a laptop, watching the interview footage from when they arrested Tom Winston. Is that before she offered McBride the ride back? Oh no, that's after. Oh, and yeah, no, you skipped, they skipped a chunk there. Well, I wanted to get to the weird (laughs) interview footage, but fine. Well, Sarah, Sarah's driving back from checking things out and she sees Miss McBride, uh, walking home and she's like, Oh, can I offer you a ride? And she's just like, no, Thank you. And then she's like, no, we're going to the same place. <laughs> you can walk. And she's like, your mother was a whore. And so are you. And I was like, oh, McBride's the best. This is it's, insane. I love it so really much. It's really incredible. <laughs> Andy's correct. Also, there's a moment that is shot in the town square where a woman is walking around in a nightgown looking yeah. for her daughter, Ariel. There's a police officer named Cam, who is the son of Alan, Mm -hmm. the man who was scarred at the very beginning of the show. Has now found Jesus. Has now found Jesus. Cam and Sarah were our friends. They, I think they grew up together in some capacity. Yeah, so she must have been adopted locally, sort of, or, yeah. or something. I don't know. And she, But this is her first time returning to wherever this awful town is after some, like a decade or so. Yeah, it's been a Like, she bit. left for college, and this is her first time back. I, I got the sense. Yeah. And then the lady with the Missy Child thing, so they were, like, trying, like... They, they were, they were doing a bunch anywhere. of music, which I actually have a couple notes on. Like, the music got really annoying for me multiple times. They don't times. have music in Canada, Andy. <laughs> well, this is the problem. They just they stuck any orchestral thing they wanted. There's Celine Dion and nobody else. So they, they have some music going. Like, it's a tense moment. And then they have a bunch of hand cam. And I was like, I don't... Are we supposed to be tense? Like, I don't know these characters. I have zero investment. What are we doing right here? Yeah. And then... They, like, don't really talk about it again. So at least this, I think there's, like, a slight mention, like, oh, there was a crazy lady earlier. And then that's all they talk about this whole she, thing. They devoted time to it, and I didn't um, understand it. They, She makes a, a brief appearance in the end of the episode, like, montage, where, like, I think they really wanted it to set, have it soundtrack to that Gary Jules version of Mad World. <laughs> Where it's like these sad the rights, fucking like there's a cop getting a blowjob from the druggy prostitute. Yes. The gay men just had an orgy and they're doing all this blow. And I miss that. <laughs> this, this show got real fun at the end. Dang it. it like it, that's why I said they were portrayed as like. 
bad stereotypical gay characters where it's literally a shot of them and two other dudes okay. in a huge bed. One of them leans over to the nightstand and snorts a line of cocaine through a that. dollar bill. Dang it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's a very, very... But then she sees Lady McBride who like swears at her she goes inside has dinner with husband Mm -hmm. and then like i said before they're watching still not still not yet this is when she goes for a walk no she goes for a walk after no no that happened the the whole review of the interview stuff happens later god still i really want to get to that part we are so weird it is it is this whole thing with her her parents kill her this whole that whole thing is made me so mad. Um, so okay, so she she's like it's nighttime. She's gonna go for a walk, and she's walking. This kid's setting off fireworks, and I was, and then she's walking in the middle of the street. I was like, okay, it's, it's quiet time. But what are you? Canada what are you, doesn't have sidewalks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you? Simple. Why are you walking in the middle of the street? This is strange yeah. to begin with. And then um, so she turns. She feels. You know, they, they start running up this music, and she looks behind her, and she sees a shadow, and she walks a little more, and, like, still in the middle of the street, cause, like normal people do, and then she looks back, and the shadow's still there, and then he steps into the light, and it's the executioner. And she says, you're sick, blah, 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 you're ridiculous, and he starts running after her, and I burst out laughing, because he has the funniest fucking yeah, run. that's why I was like, where it's, it's like... Hi, it's like a Will Ferrell in his underwear yeah, type was, run. I was like, this, like this. I was like, I, if I see that gate again, I know who it is. Like, <laughs> it, let's put everyone in town in a foot race. We'll have this cleared up yeah, so quickly. It was, and again, like it was a small person. I was like, that's not her husband. Her husband's. I was like, comparing body types to characters I saw. I was like, no, not not him, not him. Um, <laughs> like, was, uh, but she outruns funny executioner well she was see she runs for a bit and then she turns around and she's like under a street lamp now she's in the light so that'll help her from a male attacker and so then she like turns around and looks and not there and she's Mm -hmm. scared and then her husband shows up because he managed to cut her off i i don't really don't understand that part because he was dressed as the executioner, no. ran to the bushes, took off the dumb costume. <laughs> now he's hero husband. And as hero husband, he's like, I'm going to go talk to those fucking hooded youth punks setting off firecrackers with their skateboards. And he yeah, literally he says, was... get off my street. Yeah, it was real weird. I was like, didn't you just move? And the kids are, the kids are actually, I really enjoyed the, te- the teens. They were like pretty solid. You're going to cry, Dan, Dylan. You're going to cry. I was like, like, I was, I was like that's pretty solid. Teen it's the work kind right of there. encounter with teenagers. I think every adult is dreading. <laughs> you little shits. And yeah. they're like, are you going to cry? <laughs> and you're like, leave me alone. <laughs> Not until later with my therapist. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, uh, you've, you've got womanly thighs, Dylan. <laughs> That's why he runs like that. Yeah. It was, I was like, I was like, wait, wait. So she just told you it's not them. Mm-hmm. It's not those aren't the people. And she and he's like, mm, no, I'm gonna. I'm but gonna because they give him some lip, he plays yeah. tough guy. You know, and... he's definitely a red herring because then he's like, he. They show him like following them. Yep. And then they show the. I I see what you're going with the red herring. Mm-hmm. Like it's very clear he's he's either the most obvious red herring yeah. 
or the stupidest. he's a, a false red herring and he is the executioner. <laughs> but if he is, it's like the stupidest thing. Like he's this, whole, this is the long con. He's been waiting for his moment to murder his wife and everyone he, in this town for years. <laughs> he can only climax when he's sleeping with a woman whose parents were brutally murdered <laughs> and who was given a DIY cesarean mm-hmm. into the world. Mm-hmm. That's his kink. And you know? then he and then he brings back her worst nightmares. That's yes. That's how he gets his right. It's very. It's all about escalation. You know, you gotta folks. do. You gotta do you. You gotta do you. We're you not know? here to kink shame, Dylan. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Follow it. Follow your bliss. This is a safe space. <laughs> but then we see <laughs> the most lippy hooded youth punk, uh, like riding his bike, Smashing knocking mailboxes. down mailboxes yes, as do. punks do. I mean, there's no music in Canada. There's only mailboxes. There's only mail. He doesn't have a guitar. Of course not. Uh, But he falls off his bike when the executioner is on the street in front of him. And he's like, what the hell, dude? And I was like, he was just standing there. You just weren't paying attention, punk. (laughs) And he gets up, but he dropped his metal bat, which the executioner then uses to kill him later in the episode. Thanks. Well, no, it doesn't. He doesn't kill him. Well, he beats him, and then later you learn he's been missing for a few days because they're covering that story at Dylan's yeah. newspaper. But yeah. he was hit pretty hard with that metal bat. Yeah. Was... So he might not be dead, but he's not feeling great. Well, so I was like really <laughs> frustrated. I was like, you were several more feet away than that. Like, they were like, they were solid they five, were six feet away from each other. The stunt coordinator on this show. <laughs> I don't know if he forgot to show Because they were shot. He showed how far they were. And yeah. it was like, oh. It was, it was like, like a couple yards yeah. and then a swing of the bat and he's right over it. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right. Okay. He's, he is a ninja, actually. That makes him way more terrifying if he's if the executioner is actually ninja executioner. Yes. Finally. Um, and then. then. I, and then I wrote down. So I was like, it's like you know what? someone read a bunch of Stephen King and decided to make it and I don't like it. Like it's just a, they're like yeah. they have all this music going. They're trying to get this like you know that feel of Stephen King where it's like supernatural sort of well, like stuff. what they did really well in Castle Rock that atmospheric sense of yeah. dread. Yeah, that's not here. It's just annoying. No. Like the two moments that are supposed to be really scary in this episode one the hilarious running and two later when she falls downstairs i guffawed and watched it multiple times because it was so hysterical i didn't watch it multiple times but i did write a note it's a shame the main character is now a vegetable like yeah she falls down a huge flight of stairs with all these turns Uh, any mere mortal would be unconscious and a vegetable forever i was like oh oh it's been nice knowing you sarah lady person i think i don't goodbye the rest of her marriage is Dylan just like trimming her fingernails in the hospital. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It would make perfect sense if the rest of the season it's like saying elsewhere, where it's like all her fever dream from a coma. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We finally get to the scene where they somehow have footage of Tom Winston's interview with the police when he was arrested. And he says that he killed her parents because they needed to be punished. Oh, yeah. Then, and again, it was like the supernatural thing, I guess. But it, And that sort of had a little bit of the feel but that I think they were going for. But it didn't 
didn't really i was really curious how did they get that footage it's not as if they're documentary filmmakers (laughs) and i think her status as the child of the victims would prevent the police officers from releasing that footage to her yeah but anyway the next day she's decides to go and visit this is, yeah, Mr. This Tom Winston. This my mind. Also, I really love, so before we've seen her, her hair is always down. Yes. Like, like, or like yeah, she's like, she's like, she's soft and attractive lady. lady. And now the rest of the entire episode, her hair is always up, so she looks severe and angry. That's, and I was like, they're, that's the tension they are adding <laughs> to the show. Because it, it looks like she's pulling the skin of her yeah, face. Yeah, it's very. Back. They pull it very. T- it's I was like, really this is intense. tough. You probably it hurt looks, your head a little bit. It, it looks, looks very not uncomfortable. So this is this is. I love this because she shows up and as she's going into the prison, I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What is happening? Doesn't tell anyone where she's going or why. But I was like, this is nuts. And then that my favorite is they have the bad guy say what I'm thinking. He's like. Why are you here? <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. that is a great question. It's He is maybe the most well-realized character in the show. <laughs> that does not mean, in comparison to any other show, he's a well-realized character. But the way he reacts to the s- situations he's in are... Um, they're the most realistic i felt because he's like what the fuck are yeah. you doing here yeah. i killed your parents yeah. he's like also i did sort of keep tabs on you it's like just a little bit creepy well, when it could be extremely and i really i thought that was a good a good choice after i saw that i was like someone saw mind hunter and they're yeah. like they wanted to do that and i was like you know what yeah. that's cool except she isn't part of the fbi and yeah that's, she's that's no reason she's a fucking him. art gallery owner <laughs> and as far as i can tell knows shit all about art uh anywho so then they have this conversation yes. and he, sa- he says some some stuff but then at the end she's like we're done here and he controlled the entire conversation and i was like i don't like i still don't understand what your goal was and he he was actually like i don't know what you're looking for here and i was like he's saying everything i'm thinking like what yeah <laughs> do you want closure like like i can help you with that like if you, but it was so strange yep. the whole the whole thing they're and, clearly trying to set up a Hannibal Lecter Clarice Mm -hmm. Starling dynamic which is fucking dumb because (laughs) this woman is like Clarice Starling would eat this woman for breakfast and piss her out by noon like this woman sucks and she's not like a trained agent for anything she's like I do art gallery and I'm very distraught about Clarice Starling with her weird accent would be like you're a gallery owner (laughs) and then like break her neck in a really cool way or something so this is this so he says like you need to go look what was buried in the in that house and this is when she goes home and starts looking through the house in the basement where there's 30 year old stuff that they didn't bother clearing out before they moved yep. in which i was like still again i'm still upset about that like no one's like oh yeah and no let's just let's just use our space for their shit yeah <laughs> for me this is where the show left the realm of the absurd into the completely insane <laughs> Because she finds hidden behind a stained glass window, which who the fuck has a stained glass window inside their house? But but, but she like figures like that's the, I was like, I was like, oh, you know what she did? Out of all the boxes in all the world, it's definitely the one behind the stained glass. Like, here's the thing though. So she like banged her head against the wall. She was Mm -hmm. like, oh, 
And I was like, and oh, I thought it's gonna yes, be a hollow yes. cavity. I was like, no. oh, oh, that makes no. sense. She like accidentally discovered it. No, she looks over at this window and goes like, that's that's fake. I can tell. I uh, I know I know my way around a fake window or two. I I'm an it. art gallery owner. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls off off the window, pulls out an old school VHS camera and a box of tapes, and there's one at the very top labeled Peter McBride. Yes. And she starts watching this on her living room television. And I, as she starts, I'm like, oh, oh, now it's gonna be the ring. Now they're gonna do the ring. And then, and then there ha- it's it's Peter McBride boning her mother. And I was like, oh, now yeah. it's the ring of sex. So if you watch this, now you start boning people. <laughs> Her and hus- then it is also the worst simulated sex I have it's ever seen. Bad. Did you see the guy's like ju- like twisting his body in such it, a weird way? I was like, that's not how people do things. So they to to give the the director of this episode some credit, they set it up as a doggy style scene. Mom, stop listening. And it, the woman's face is like right up close in front of the yeah, camera. Yeah, there's definitely multiple camera views, which is super creepy. They had a very high budget yeah, for this low They showed, they showed at least three different camera views of this homemade porn movie from the 80s. So they yeah. were really into making pornos. Yeah. I was like, this is so weird. Uh, and one of them was hand cam thing. So yep. so her daddy was involved in this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and there's this sh- point where the mom, I think, says, do you like that, Brian? Which oh, was I her dad's oh, name. Oh, okay, I missed that. And, like, said. Brian is not the dude behind her looking like he's just, like, flexing his abs <laughs> at the <laughs> he's gym. Doing, he's, doing, it, he's doing an oblique workout. Oh, as he, uh, it's so oh, strange. Uh, it, it, it's like if his... Dick looked like a hammerhead shark, and her. Could have wedged it in. And I don't know what her genitalia looks like in that scenario, but that's the only way he can really get sexual satisfaction. Should the Just horizontal? Side side. No. Yeah, her vagina was the wrong way. Yeah. And that's oh, why they had to have Peter McBride because cowboy husband. He's like it my, didn't work. Didn't my dick? Don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but she finds this vintage homemade porn and is, is very upset. So this which... is my. So she watches it. She. So initially, I thought she was watching like in the basement. Apparently, no. she's watching it no. in the living room upstairs <laughs> yes. on the main yes. floor. And then my, my favorite television. My favorite shit about this is so she sees this and so this thirty-year-old sex thing has upset her so much she runs out of the house crying, and uh-huh. so Dylan comes home then. And McBride but is who's like, waiting for him? McBride is like McBride. waiting for him. Super creepy. She's my favorite person ever. Yeah. She's like. <laughs> now she does wait for him to unlock their front door. <laughs> yeah, this is and so th- crazy that he. I was like, he unlocks. It's so bonkers. It's he unlocks, and then he's, and then he he carefully closes the door, and I was like. Mm-hmm. So I thought he locked it. Apparently, nope. nope, no. He was so distracted by his wife being upset and leaving yep. that he needs to just sprint away to save her. But he will close it, but not lock the door. Yes. That blew my mind. That blew my mind so much. Because he leaves to just go, not call his wife, no, no, but no, no, driving no. around looking for yeah, her. This, and this, like later, later, he finds her, They he comforts her, and he goes, all right, so I have to work an overnight shift thing. Um... This is day day two of working at this at this paper. He it's has to work overnight. It's because that punk kid is still missing. 
but yes, it's yeah. ridiculous. I was like, and then he says he's going to work an all-nighter, and then who do we see but the executioner knocking uh, Well, Vernon McBride's well, hold been on. busy. Yeah, we need to go back to Vernon McBride, because this, this is also my favorite Vernon shit. Vernon McBride watches husband Dylan drive away, opens and because the she's unlocked a walker, door. She walks in. Opens the unlocked door to their house. Yep. Is snooping around, sees the enormous television. Well, no, no. This is what, first. She goes to the kitchen and she checks yes. out what's in there. She finds a pizza, piece of pizza. She takes a piece of pizza. She takes a bite of the piece of pizza. Doesn't like it. Spits it just in the sink. It, like doesn't get rid of the evidence. Um, just goes. Hup. Well, she is a day walker, and <laughs> she knows when there's not blood sauce on was, her pizza. It was just. I was like. You just, she's so ballsy. She's, she's like, amazing. That's yours. You just deal with that piece. I don't she's even amazing. know where she put the slice, but I know the piece she ate. She spit, she spit it out and then dropped the rest of the piece, like, on the counter. <laughs> just hanging counter. out. I hope flies come. Like, it was ridiculous. But after the pizza, she wanders into the living room. Yep. The TV is still on pause. Because, of course, Sarah was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're just going to, I'm going to, maybe my husband's going to walk home and see the, the homemade porno. Because everyone needs to see it mid face everyone oh faces like just shown up i was like this is yep. so yep. insane he's there it's a the uh peter mcbride subtitled vinegar strokes <laughs> uh but no the hammerhead <laughs> of course that's fair Vernon mcbride recognizes her husband steals the tape Goes home and is having a sad bottle of wine and, and Cadbury cream eggs. Which I again, she's the best character. Amazing! Of the entire show. It's so so cool. And she's cr- she's um, crying. She's mad. I love her. She's the best. And now here is where Dylan tells Sarah, "I gotta go work an overnight at the paper. I love you. I'm sorry. Your parents were sex people." Then we see the executioner outside Vernon McBride's house. But he, he starts ringing the doorbell. He starts ringing the doorbell. She's like, go away. And I'm like, I'm like, McBride's, I have all caps. McBride's gonna die. She has her chocolate yes. and wine. Let her be, mean man. Yes. Because I love McBride. Uh, <laughs> the executioner comes in, zip ties all well, of her oh, no, limbs. So this is the crazy bonker stuff. He, he comes in, like she goes to her front door, opens mm-hmm. the door. No one's there. And I was like, wait, so instead of like just charging, they're gonna they're trying to put more tension in. So obviously he got in through the back door. Oh or something. god, this is you're right. It was I just like he's this. so I don't know, like I don't know how he got in. It was really annoying. But he gets in and no, yeah. so now she's like go like she goes about the rest of her night. She's brushing her teeth. Yeah. You're right. It's like an hour later because yeah. she's the, changed she's clothes. Been like, he's like, mm, the tension's building. And she's just like, <laughs> and she's just like, it's time for me to brush teeth. Like, I don't detect anything wrong. She's it's brushing so her ridiculous. teeth. She hears creaking floorboards. Who is it? The executioner. He pushes she, her. She falls on the floor. Yes. And just crawls without actually doing any resistance. Yes. Um, again, in sort of a scene that is unintentionally hilarious because yeah. she's a terrible crawler. Yeah. But he... Takes her to her bed, zip ties both hands and she both really, feet. She really, like, he zip tied? They weren't very tight. I saw no. a lot of space. I was like, no. get out of there, girl! <laughs> they didn't have a stunt coordinator. They were doing this for real. They're like, we can't make them too tight or she will lose that hand. Uh, but then he has her all zip tied up and he cuts off both hands and both feet. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, across the street at Murder House, Sarah Final Girl hears the screams of mrs mcbride oh, this, this was this made me so angry too 
and we earlier we said Mrs. McBride was their neighbor, but in truth, she lives across the street and kitty corner. Mm-hmm. So how final girl heard her screams oh, in that's, their house? That's ho- not my issue. That's oh. fine. I'm fine with that. But she hears a noise and she's watching goddamn Psycho. She's watching Psycho. Okay, yes. so she hears the noise, and I don't know if you noticed this, but she walks over and looks out the window, and she has her back turned, and she's in the position for the knife to be from the movie she paused is hitting her in the back, yeah. and I'm like, uh huh, yeah, is this what we're is this what we're doing? Yeah. Um, so I was like, for real, guys. <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, if this is feels very much like a. A film student movie where <laughs> the the film students' only qualifications to make a film are that they've watched Psycho like a thousand times. <laughs> they read some King. They <laughs> they watched Psycho. They're good to go. Set set set. I mean, clearly this person missed his calling as a porn director. So then, so then she goes over to the house. She rings the doorbell, and because she, she sees the shadow in McBride's room, and you know what? It's very clear that the person in McBride's room is wearing a hood. Very yep. clear, mm-hmm. and dressed 100. all in black, mm-hmm. in like 100. a leather duster, and very much not a woman. Very clear. <laughs> so, final girl goes to Mrs. McBride's door. Door is locked. There's no answer. A dark figure comes to the door, unlocks the door, so walks sweet. away. Final girl says, I must enter. Yeah, well, my, fa- my favorite part is, so door unlocks, character disappears. Yes. And she she's like, yeah, I'll wait until you're fully gone. Uh, you get up the you stairs. You need like 10 seconds? I'll like give a you a head, head start? start. Yeah. You need like 10? Because she's like, she's like, hello? What are we doing, Mrs. You, McBride? Are you going to let me in? And then, so then she's like, well, this isn't creepy. I'm going to go in now. Yeah. So she... Slowly opens the door, walks in, and then slowly closes the door. I was like, "What is this? It's so infuriating." It's like the director thought anything that happens with a door and a door lock is extremely (laughs) tense, and it's just the most boring thing. So dumb. She goes upstairs, sees the decapitated. Is it decapitated if you keep your head but lose hands and feet? It's dehanditated. What Andy said. She sees that and she's like, oh, goodness. And then behind her, who is it but the executioner? Mm -hmm. And she sees him and hilariously falls down the stairs in a scene I watched maybe three times. I also wrote, I was like, I was like, I hate, I was like, did she clear the whole bottom floor? We didn't see that. She's just going upstairs because yep. that's a bold move just to start straight off. All right, yep. whatever. And I was like, I hate this, but then I hate most horror movies. And then I'm like, they're being mostly restrained on the sound, though, the music, though. I'm okay with it. And then the strings cut in and I'm like, God damn, never mind. I I didn't notice the music. Oh, it was driving me nuts. Maybe because I can't hear Canadian music. <laughs> <laughs> only only dogs and Andy. <laughs> this is a very personal problem for Andy. He's really narrow casting right now. But she falls and is groggily in and out. And he steps over her. And before Mrs. McBride left Final Girl's house, she took the tape mm-hmm. of her husband having sex with Final Girl's mom 30 years ago. And he has retrieved that tape and sets it on her belly very when she's gently. lying on the floor. He's a very he's a he's a very kind murderer. Yes. She wakes up in the hospital, uh, husband and doctor. And are we're over all shocked her. that she's not a vegetable. 
And they're saying something about like, well, this is hunting country. You can find it probably at any hardware store. And I'm like, what can they find? <laughs> Never comes up again. <laughs> you also don't know what the fuck happened to that Peter McBride tape. Probably. Yeah. Crazy ER doctor. That's his shit. That oh. vintage homemade stuff. You know, I thought the cops took it. They definitely. Or no, no, no. You know what? Yeah. Dylan found her. And because that's Dylan that's... left the room, took off his executioner garb, came back in. He's like, I'm not going to call the police, but she did fall and I will take her to the hospital because I love my wife. Also, I, I, I mean, there's like a bit of a foot upstairs. I don't know. Someone should take care of that. Anyway. And, yeah. Sarah goes and meets with Tom Winston again and they decide yeah. to team up. Because what else are they going to do with his character? God, I was like, I mean, like you said, he's like, he's actually sort of fun. He's but I was very still, fun. But I was like, but why? It doesn't make any sense. But so they clearly like, yeah, realized. We, we got a good actor on our hands. We're not we have a good noise. actor. We sort of know what we're doing with that character. Let's keep him in the show as long as humanly possible. And then, yeah, I noticed, I note the, oh, this ending music, because they, yeah. again, their musical choices, they went through the montage. The episode ends with more of Andy's favorite music, and there's a shot over the executioner's shoulder. He is at home, in some home, we don't know where he lives, but we do, it's Murder House, he's Dylan. <laughs> You, there's a shot over his shoulder. He's at home in his full costume drawing torture cartoons. Oh, yeah, that was so... I was like, it's like ugh. a sword going through a woman's I was like, vagina. this is the biggest neckbeard we've it's, ever found. It's super neckbeardy, gamergate, gross. Uh-huh. It's nasty. Uh-huh. Episode ends. Yeah. And I actually kept watching a little... Like, it, it hit to I the next not. episode. I did not and do that. it hit Tigger to two teen, two black teens make it out in the middle of the woods. Uh, and one of them's like, no one's out here. No one can hear us. And I was like, oh my God. And then they're making out. They're going to bone. And then uh, Ginger Kid, that, that, that was Ray's bike, just pops out. Because it's been like several days, but someone's been taking care of him. He pops out of these leaves because he didn't notice them laying next to him initially. And it's like, oh, help me. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> well, predictions for the rest of this season. I think we're going to find out that Final Girl was not fathered by Cowboy Husband. Right. Obviously. Yeah, um, obvious. I think Alan is actually her dad. Um, yeah, which okay. would be... Also, there's a funeral scene for Mrs. McBride that oh, we skipped over. Oh, yes. Uh, Alan, Pastor Man, mm-hmm. gives the most depressing fucking <laughs> funeral speech. It's he not like... It's none of shit. the... She's in a better play. She lived a full life. It's like sinners in the hand of an angry god 2.0. You're all fucked. You're all gonna die. Hell is real. Heed my words. Now get the fuck out of my church. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Alan's, Alan hasn't dealt with his life very well. <laughs> he needs to talk to someone. Uh, and not God. Not God's been no, helping. God has stopped listening to Alan. Alan. God's like, figure your shit out, dude, and we'll talk later. God's like, Alan, I think you're swinging for the other side right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Alan is her daddy. Dylan is executioner. But, well, Dylan is the executioner until the real executioner kills Dylan. 
in like the penultimate episode. Oh, so Dylan's been play acting for his orgasms, and uh, and then the real other 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 possibly other. How I, is you know it's executioners all the way down. It's executioners <laughs> all the way down. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. My prediction is that um, well, it's not a prediction. It's it's a hope and a dream and a prayer. I want I want uh, uh, Mrs. McBride to come back as a ghost to haunt everyone and just be vile and angry forever. That's what I want. That's very hypothetical. Good watch territory. <laughs> I, would, I, I would, would love that show. Like she's she's my favorite. She's <laughs> like insane and angry. A gritty pushing daisies reboot, but starring <laughs> Verna McBride, where she's like, "Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> you're a slut. You're a slut. Uh, you're a slut. <laughs> Get a room, you two, holding hands in the." park how dare you this is a public place <laughs> god i would love that so much. oh she was my favorite i was very sad to see her go into little pieces she and tom winston mm-hmm. og executioner were my faves i don't have a sponsor for this episode because i forgot to record a sponsor for this episode all right um so buy our shirts and stuff stuff and badwatchpod.com yeah yeah. You got links to all the different um, places you can download the I, show. I do want to point out, I saw on Twitter, I haven't been on Twitter like very much at all, but I, when I was on it recently, apparently the New York Times Magazine did a cover story of a millennial woman who started a podcast called The Advice Podcast, despite having no experience or background or qualifications to give advice. Sounds like every human ever. And then the podcast failed. Weird. And then she got this cover story, which I did not read out of principle. (laughs) Like, what the hell, New York Times? Why this woman? Like, I mean, everyone is, is able to give advice. How do you fail at giving advice? I don't know. I'm actually no. It I'm takes really a special intrigued. millennial. Because you have to be bad. Because actually, no, no. Even the McElroy brothers advice. have succeeded yeah. very much. So giving fake advice. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I mean, advice. If you're not good at it, fake it till you make it. It's advice. Everyone, everyone has an opinion. Whatever. They and she is quoted on the first page of this article, which I saw. It, it's like we really thought it was going to be like after a few episodes, we'd have all these endorsements and Squarespace would sponsor us. Jesus. I'm like. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> um, and I commented to the tweet that our show has invented our sponsors whole cloth and have yet to get any cover story in any media publication. <laughs> but we're ready. Our mm-hmm. time is now. My body, Evan's body, mm-hmm. Werner mm-hmm. McBride's body. <laughs> you know what else is ready? Good, 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 good watch. All right. You can I'm go ready. first. I know you have one. I can see it in your notes. I wrote it down because I'm excited about it. I so, figured you were gonna do this one, and I the one episode I watched I enjoyed very much. So yeah. all right, well I love cooking, uh, I like making delicious adventures for people to go on with me, and so my show that I'm gonna recommend is called The Chef Show. It's got Jan Favreau, uh, you know, director, actor, and fan of cooking. Um, and mm-hmm. he he did, has a movie. He did the movie Chef, Chef which is a he also lighthearted, did, like, lots of fun. You know, Iron Man 2. Yeah, he's done, he's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. Swingers. Uh, yep. <laughs> you keep going if you want. No, that's all I got. So he's he's done a bunch, and like for Chef, he decided to, like he was like, I want to do this sort of for real, so he he like contracted with a, a chef, Roy Choi is the guy that he hooked up with, 
and I, I guess where Troy had done his like done food for Iron Man two, and he was everyone's like this is phenomenal, and so they've sort of ta- started talking then, and and he was like I want to do chef and work with you, and Roy's like only if you do this do this right. And so they made Chef, and it's it's babies basically an homage to food. It's really great. I really enjoy it. And the Chef show is them hanging out, cooking, occasionally fucking up, and just having a great time. And sometimes, like the first episodes with Gwyneth Paltrow, who I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I, I mean, hate Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, who? I mean, I mean why she... would you tell people to put um, porous rocks up their vaginas? I mean. That... That's great. She's a criminal of the worst kind. Yeah. A criminal who doesn't know she's a criminal. <laughs> so it makes her a monster. True. But she, um, but so, but, you know, he knows her from Iron Man and so they're sort of friends and, you know, that's fine. He goes, he hangs out with his friends and they cook food and they chat. It's pretty fun. Um, and my favorite stuff is just like him and Roy Choi chatting and like cooking and Roy's like, that's fucking delicious. Like, it's just, it's just friends cooking and i really like it. it's super chill i highly recommend it it's a good it time. is very relaxing very zen yeah i will say that mine is not like that at all <laughs> my good watch is a little film called uh midsummer or midsomar oh you saw that uh the second feature written and directed by ari aster who wrote and directed previous good watch hereditary and i will say I described this to a friend by because they saw Hereditary and thought it was very scary. And I said, Midsummer is less scary, but somehow even more disturbing. <laughs> and I don't want to give anything away, but it's truly shocking. And it gets shocking so quickly, and then it just keeps getting more shocking. It's awesome, though. I, I really want to clarify that it's amazing okay the music the score is incredible even if you like cool weird music definitely check it out tomorrow on spotify or whatever and or today listen to this <laughs> no in tomorrow. the past only do tomorrow it, do it whenever um <laughs> but it's great the score is incredible the writing is phenomenal it's really well acted parts of it are like downright hilarious and i left and wanted to immediately watch it again which normally when I leave a movie theater, it's like, oh, sun, sunlight and water or something. But I was like, oh, let's do that again. Like when you get off a really badass roller coaster, mm-hmm. it's it's the coolest. Okay. It's the coolest fucking movie, man. Like that, like Arrival did that for me. I watched that movie, I think, three times in the theater. That's Yeah, you did. Um, and I, uh, I do want to say in terms of like horror movies are so obsessed with what happens in the dark. And this whole movie is set around a midsummer festival right. where it's light all the time. Mm-hmm. And the way they use that in the movie is amazing and clever. And oh, it's so good. Ari Aster. I, I need to see it now. I don't like horror, but I need to see it. It's great. It's so good. And it's so disturbing and fucked up, but I really want to watch it again. <laughs> we should go see it. Yeah, we should. And you should too, listeners, after you listen to all episodes of our podcast <laughs> seven times. Get those numbers up. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> Smash that, that subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> yeah. You can find me on the internet places at Evan W. Stoner. You can follow Andy on his way to work. Don't do that. And until next time, he's Andy. That guy's Evan. And this is Bad Watch. Cheers. Midsommar. <laughs> <laughs>